This is January 26th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you guys are having a great, great day, great, great week. Uh, obviously, so nice, so nice to have the Bruins back, and they're doing well. They're doing well. If you remember last Bruins Beat episode, uh, I had Connor Ryan on, and Connor and I kind of ragged on the 5-on-5 scoring. When is this team going to turn it around? What's the deal? I think we even questioned if they were going to be a playoff team. <laughs> and this episode is pretty much a complete 180 from that. This episode is uh, everything's going right, including David having David Pasternak back. And he is the subject uh, of a lot of this episode and the ramifications of having him back and who gets bumped out of the lineup and sort of where the Bruins go from here. Uh, and I think it, you know, it's very interesting. It's, uh, it's definitely good to listen to because it's a lot of it's positive. Um, and so unless you're the person getting bumped out of the lineup, which we get into in depth in this episode. Uh, but yes, there is a lot going on in Bruins land and Connor and I covered it all in this episode, uh, as we always do. I also would like to say thank you to everyone, uh, who subscribed and has been watching and interacting with, uh, the Bruins Rinkside YouTube channel. It's been great over there. Um, I, a lot of people have been commenting. Uh, we, we've just recently got over 500 subscribers. So hell yes, that was quick. Um, so thank you to everyone who subscribed. Go subscribe if you haven't. Um, uh, if you're just watching the videos, go subscribe. It's free. Why not? Uh, but it's been fun over there. And as time goes along, there'll be more live podcasts and, uh, live Q and A's and interviews and stuff. The reason it hasn't happened yet is just because the season just started and we're all trying to get into kind of the groove of what days are morning skates, what days can we record? Obviously during the off season, it's pretty open. So Connor and I can record whenever. Um, but when the season starts, it's different because we're all on different schedules uh, and everything, you know, things are always changing. So those will happen at some point, I promise. Cause I want to do a live podcast and I want to do live Q and A's and stuff. I want to get you guys involved in the show more. Um, so those will happen. Those will, I promise you, I promise those will happen. Um, they'll happen very soon. So I'm very excited about that. And I'm very excited how fast the channel is growing. It's fun over there. Um, I also, the comment sections are fun too, because it's not like hate comments or, you know, stupid comments. People are commenting like real things and good things. So I reply to most of them and try to get conversation going there. So if you guys have questions or anything, uh, have any Bruins thoughts, go leave them in the comment section. If you'd like, um, I'll get to them. I'll, I'll reply to them and we can kind of, you know, talk some Bruins. So Go do all that. Thank you again for the support. Can't thank you guys enough for it. Um, and before we get into the episode, are we ready for some football? Are we ready for some football? The Super Bowl, Buccaneers and Chiefs. I, I can't think of a Super Bowl that I've been more interested in that didn't include the Patriots. I mean, technically Tom Brady, I guess, Patriots. But nonetheless, one of the most interesting Super Bowls in my lifetime. In my lifetime. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust when it comes to betting. And obviously that's betonline.ag. Uh, sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code CLNS50 for your 50% welcome bonus. Uh, along with the Super Bowl, obviously the NHL, the NBA, bet on those. Uh, go, go make sure to bet, uh, on the NHL. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you, the Bruins are doing pretty well right now. They're up big. So maybe you're going to start slamming the over on Bruins games. Uh, so, uh, make sure to go do that at Bet Online. Again, promo code CLNS50 for your 50% welcome bonus. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. 
we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I had a great start to my day. Uh, so this is Monday. As I always say, we record this Mondays. I'm going to say that for the rest of time, even though I say it every week. Um, but Sunday night, uh, or Sunday, I went out when I'm home at my parents' house when I'm not at school. Uh, in the backyard, we have a nice little reservoir and we have a cove that's like just ours. It's perfect. And it, in the winter time, it sometimes it freezes and it's fun to skate on. And so I went out there Sunday and I walked out to the middle and it was good. But I was still kind of like, I don't know if this is ready to skate on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, I think it needs a day more. And I was sitting on my laptop doing some work at like 1230 that night, uh, Sunday night or Monday morning, technically. And I was like, why don't I just go out in the morning and skate? I bet it'd be really cool to see the sunrise and like just go out and play by myself. That's what mm-hmm. I did. I woke up at 645 for the first time in so long. Ambitious. Be- very ambitious. Jumped out of bed. Mm-hmm. And ran right out, and it was actually really nice. I definitely I, the, today I've been on like I've been like on one today. I've just been completely like just on a different level, um, and it's been good. It's like you know I haven't. It's just you know I haven't skated in a while, so that was fun too. Mm-hmm. You open your day like that. It was very there fun. I highly rec- highly recommend it to all the listeners. Yeah, I, I was very concerned when you first tweeted out. I think on Sunday afternoon, like checking out the ice. I'm like, is are we gonna have a Bruins beat tomorrow, or is like, is everyone gonna be like the host, or is it, or am I gonna be have to take over or something? Like, I was worried you're gonna fall through, but good to see you here in one piece. Glad you started your day off with a good skate. So, uh, you know, happy to be talking Bruins again with you. Oh yeah, I, I, I've knock on wood, I've never fallen through. That's been out there for a long good. time. Typically, I feel like I have a good sense. About the ice, like mm-hmm. yesterday, I stepped out and this is like tree that goes into the into the water mm-hmm. that I usually walk out on and then step onto the ice. And right under it, it wasn't frozen. And so yesterday, I figured, well, it probably isn't good enough to skate on. But I felt like I could walk on it, so yeah. I got out and walked across. And the edges, of course, were like kind of watery. So, but mon- uh, Monday, it's great in the mornings because it's so cold. Right. Like I was out there, it was like eighteen degrees. It was perfect. Very refreshing. Wakes there right you up. Go. Um, but speaking of, uh, big things, speaking of people returning to the ice on Monday, mm-hmm. David Pasternak made it, or didn't return to the ice, but returned to the ice in the white jersey, which for those who don't know means you're good to go. You're not, you're not, you're not non-contact, uh, which is those maroon and red jerseys. Um, but Pasternak out in a white jersey, uh, looks to be coming back before maybe we thought he was going to come back, uh, which is huge. Cause I know we were both saying during the off season, it could be a month. Um, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Yeah, no. I mean, the original projections, I think, had him for mid-February. And, uh, I mean, just the fact that, one, he's even a, a you know, full participant during practices now is, like, a huge step forward for him. Um, and he looks good. I mean, you have to expect, especially once he gets into a game setting, he's going to have to shake a lot of rust off in terms, you know, just in terms of getting back up to speed. He hasn't played in months now. Um, he mentioned today, you know, it's first time he, he was getting hit in months and he has to adjust to that. So, you know, if he's cleared to play later this week, Cassidy said that probably won't play uh, Tuesday today or he won't play Thursday against the Penguins, but he could return on Saturday, which it's a good welcome back, right? Is playing Chara and Tom Wilson and those guys. So that's a way to jump right back into it. Exactly. But, um, no, he looks good. I mean, the hands look good. He had a, uh, he, dangled one pass I think it was Halak during a, a drill today uh the shot is as you expect right so I mean uh you look at the Bruins and if this was maybe four or five days ago we'd be you know 
rejoicing that Pasternak was back because it seemed like the Bruins offense was dead in the water pretty much. Now all of a sudden they're scoring 10 goals against the Flyers. Their power plays at, I think, 35% right now, which I believe is fifth in the, uh, the NHL. Those are obviously skewered because we're only a couple games in. So like, I think maybe like the Oilers have like a 50% power play rate or something like that. But <laughs> regardless, you know, the, the fact that you have Pasternak coming back to this offense during a time, it seems like everything's clicking up front for them. Uh, you can't understate just what, what he brings to this team. Oh, he, he changes everything. And I think that's, it's one of these guys that, I mean, when you get David Pasternak back, I mean, that's a a top 10 player in the NHL. That's a game changer in every sense of the word. You know, you listeners don't need convincing on that. I don't think there's any controversy over that. But just what he adds to the scoring, as you said, power play scoring, you know, he's the, the go-to shot on the right side. Um, you know, just five on five scoring. You wrote a piece about that, how it's gotten a lot better and more proficient and um, doing different, you know, scoring different types of goals. So getting him back is huge. And uh, as you also said, the scoring got a lot better over the past week, uh, which um, for what, this last episode that we did for Bruins Beat, we were like, oh, my God, the scoring. What a terrible start. And now, mm-hmm. of course, in the past week, they've uh, done a 180 against. Back to the cup. All, uh, again, I know. They're going back to the cup um, against, of all teams, the Flyers and Carter Hart, which was uh, surprising. Uh, Carter Hart obviously just demolished his stick um, after the, the second game. What's funny is uh, with – you know, we're just one of a few of, a, you know, we're one of few people there. And, you know, for those who don't know, when you're at these games, it, it, it's silent. Like this, this play on the ice and that's it. So when the game's over, you know, we're all kind of getting ready to go on the press conference zooms and we're, we might have our head down, you know, the Bruins are celebrating. They have the dirty water playing, but I remember vividly just hearing like smashing and I'm thinking, yeah. who is smashing something? I look up and it's Carter Hart just, you know, breaking his stick into many different pieces. Um, but with Pasternak, next comes the expectations. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we expect him to be lethal on the power play. We expect him to be a proficient goal scorer. Other than that, I mean, I know today or Monday he was playing with Krejci. He's probably coming back, though, on Bergeron's line because Cassidy's alluded to it all uh, all preseason and the start of the regular season, right? Oh yeah. Cassidy was asked about that today. And like, it was, uh, as you know, much as Cassidy can be very chatty and give you a whole bunch of stuff. It was pretty much like, no, he's going to go back with Bergeron and Martian. So I think that's set in stone. I think it was just maybe just, uh, giving the more reps up there in the top, top line just for the time being, because Paz is probably not going to be back for a couple more games. So I imagine they're just, you know, having him as a placeholder there. He kind of swapped in and out with Stadnika on that second line during practices today. So I don't think he has to worry much about, you know, Cassie doesn't have to worry about that line getting chemistry back once Poss is back. So imagine he's just going to kind of skate wherever there's a, an opening right now. But seems like, especially the way some of these other lines are playing right now, they don't really have to worry about doing, uh, you know, shuffling Pasternak further down the lineup because, you know, the returns with Richie and Sidnika have been uh, pretty good so far. And then obviously that third line uh, was – a buzzsaw on uh, on Saturday against the Flyers. So yeah, maybe Postoc like, won't make it back in the lineup. Maybe, maybe we might have stopped talking about it. Where's he going? He's to be a Patrick Line situation. I know. By the way, did you see the Blake Wheeler stuff? Yeah. Uh, Blake Wheeler it was like treating him bad, and oh my god, former Bruin. Um, not I guess, I guess not a great locker room guy, even though he's an assistant captain. It's funny, and not to, this is not a topic I wanted to discuss or like I had any 
plans to discuss. When you think about it, the Bru- and everyone knows this, but the Bruins are really so lucky to have the leadership core they do. Because you look at what's happening in Winnipeg right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe Blake Wheeler's an assistant captain. I thought my, I Mark he's Shifley a, I think was. He's a, I think he's the captain, right? Oh, he is the captain, yes. Yeah. And then Mark Shifley's an assistant. Mm-hmm. Those are two guys just basically excluding and, you know, constantly, you know, ruining their top goal scoring right winger because they Wheeler didn't want him taking his spot. Like that, that is a guy who will probably never win. Now more stuff will come out about it, right. but like Bruins fans be very, be very enjoy these times while you have, you know, a good locker room. I mean, wasn't it also the case with Kane too, Vanda Kane when he said, didn't he say that he didn't really like like the culture there? So I feel like there's been another player who I think had something to say about not like, lighten them on fire or anything, but it was like very happy to be gone from Winnipeg, which granted, if you had to play, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, I think that kind of maybe helps, uh, adds to kind of the misery, I guess. So feel Luke Dubois, enjoy, enjoy Winnipeg after, you know, half-assing your way to try to get to Montreal. So it's kind of fitting giving how, uh, how shitty he played down the stretch. There for I just, I know it's funny because you go to a place like Winnipeg, the place sucks. And then the culture sucks. You're like, damn, I'm just getting screwed on every front right now. Yep. Um, but so back to Pasternak. So obviously Pasternak will rejoin the first line. He'll come mm-hmm. back in. DeBrusque will probably go back down to the left side next to Krejci. Who's the odd man out? Because I think there's only one guy that you can really point to as probably the odd man out. Yeah, I think it's uh, – are we going to say it together of Anders Bjork, right? Anders yeah. Bjork, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, you just kind of look at it. And it'll be interesting to see how they kind of sweat out that – that middle six, because you can make the argument that considering how Richie's looked playing next to Krejci, granted they probably want to see a few more games, but you could have a situation where, all right, Coyle and Smith are, are buzzing right now. Do you put uh, another kind of quicker skater with DeBrusque with him and see how that works? Because they tried that last year, putting DeBrusque with Coyle, and it looked like it had a few good a few good games together. So that could be a situation where, I mean, you could have Richie, Krejci, Stadnika or, or Kasha, depending on when he re- returns, which there's no timeline yet. And then DeBrusque, uh, Coyle, and Smith. So that could be the case. And then you bump Frederick back down to the fourth line. Now, granted, Frederick looked great on the third line. So this is a good problem to have if you're the Bruins. I mean, this is – we've talked about this even before the season started that, uh, you know, you look at the depth up front for this team. It's the best it's been in years where you have a dilemma, not in terms of who you're slotting out per se, but – you have a guy like Frederick who has looked good kind of wherever you put him in the lineup. So uh, it will make for a couple of interesting decisions for Cassidy, but I think the the biggest hurdle in terms of who goes out of the lineup, it seems pretty cut and dry that it's probably uh, Bjork. Yeah. And the thing is, it's tough because we've been waiting for Bjork to come out and, and be, you know, the player that we all thought he could be and the Bruins thought he could be. And it hasn't been that uh, thus far. He's, you know, it's hard to notice him. Uh, Cass, whenever Cassidy shortens his bench, usually Bjork isn't getting time uh, late in games. So, that seems like a guy who I thought was a trade piece last year. Um, definitely a guy you'd leave open for the expansion. Honestly, would do would, would probably benefit from time in Seattle. Like I oh, think yeah. he's a guy. He is a very good example of someone who could absolutely use a change of scenery, especially in a, in a place like uh, with the Seattle Kraken. I don't have my sweatshirt on today for the Kraken, but you know, uh, I think Andres Bjork would fit uh, fit well over there. Uh, it's funny you mentioned the Trent Frederick thing. And I think it's really interesting because it, it's been a while where the Bruins have had a forward come up who's projected to be a third or fourth liner, who's a young prospect and really succeeded the way that Frederick has. It's been a while. Like, yeah. 
think of all the guys that they've rotated through down there um, who just haven't panned out or haven't worked or haven't stuck. And Frederick was one of those guys for a while. That was Frederick. He had uh, like 19 or 20 games uh, in the NHL a few years ago and was, you know, aside from killing Brandon Tanev was fairly irrelevant to the, to the game. Yeah. Not the case anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you looked at what you were expecting from Frederick. And at this point, I think everyone knows what Frederick brings in terms of uh, his size, his physicality, the fact that he can drop the gloves and probably win most fights. Uh, but I think the most encouraging thing is just everything else he's doing. Uh, I think Martian said after the game on Saturday, it's just that, you know, he may not do kind of the big things in a game. He does every thing asked of him correctly. So, I mean, the fact that I think he's leading the Bruins in terms of uh, drawing penalties, he uh, was tormenting Friedman in that game on Saturday, uh, <laughs> sent him into the box twice, once on unsportsmanlike conduct, Bruins scored twice on both of those penalties, uh, gets Subban for the, the hold uh, in that game against Jersey. And, I mean, there's value in that, right? There's obviously value in dropping the gloves and making a, a, a statement in terms of, you know, not messing around with your team, but would you rather that or would you rather have the other team, you know, implode, have him in the box and you're still out there and your power play gets to work and scores a goal? Like, I think you'd rather take that most of the time, right? You only have to drop the gloves when it's absolutely necessary. You don't, you know, it's not like you're going to drop the gloves and he's going to fight Tom Wilson right out of the gate, you know? So, um, but, so yeah, he's doing all those little things right. And you look at the rest of his game, just a natural development. As you said, he stood out in his first year here during that limited time, mostly just because of, you know, him willing to, to fight. Like, you wouldn't really see him, like, active on forechecking or, you know, taking part in, like, extended ozone shifts. And now you're seeing that where he's protecting the puck. He's winning puck battles. He gets sent in as the F1. He's holding on to the puck and, like, extending that ozone time. His shot looks a lot better. I mean – it shouldn't be much of a, you know, you look at kind of wherever he's been slotted in the lineup, uh, good things have followed him, right? I mean, that third line looked great on Saturday. Even if the Crowley line hadn't scored yet, I mean, with Frederick on that grouping, they pretty much, you know, were having barely any ozone stats, and they were still, like, the shot totals were still firmly in Boston's favor. So wherever you're putting Frederick right now, it's looking pretty good for the Bruins. And it's just, I think, part of one, just his natural development and being, you know, stronger on the puck and, and working on his skills, but also I think just understanding his role more that it's not just, you know, beating the bag out of every guy. It's if you just drive the other team crazy, you've got uh, what should be a top five, top three power play once again. You can hurt a team that way a lot more. I think it's funny with, uh, with Krug obviously gone and with Grizzlick gone the past game. Uh, it's really opened it up to me that the power play really just revolves around Krejci, uh, Bergeron, and Marshawn. Those are the three key players that you take them off the power play, then it's a really big issue. But like Grizzlick in for Krug, I mean, the power play looks just as good. Um, Zaboral in for, in for Grizzlick. Now against, that was also, a, a, that was also against a, a beaten Flyers team, but that looked fine too. I mean, you know, we've both said at length, Zaboral's looked, you know, he's been sheltered very much. Mm-hmm. But in his time on the ice, you know, in his, his ozone time, is you know, skating through the neutral zone, moving the puck well, like he's been good. He's been fine. He's doing, he's doing everything that uh, they're asking him to do, which is all yes. you need him to do, and he's and, run with it. And so this is my point with guys like Frederick, Zaboral, Richie. Uh, Lozon is a bigger role than I think any of those guys do, so he's on a little bit of a different playing field. But for these secondary guys, and Nick Richie, by the way, is basically on the second line now, 
could be yes. future, probably Michael Beckett third, who knows? These guys are just doing their job. They're not like they're just they have these they they don't have these crazy tasks. You know, Zaboral, you know, I remember the beginning of the season, Cassidy saying, just just get the puck in the forwards' hands. He's done that. He hasn't really played a lot of D zone draws. We'll see how that uh whole shakes out as the season goes along. But so far done his job. Nick Ritchie, be a net front presence on the power play, does that well. You know, uh, create space for line mates, does that well. You know, fish pucks out of the corners and stuff, does that well. Finishes some chances. Um, Frederick, you know, his jobs. They're doing them. They're just doing them. And it's just kind of working out. And I think that, to me, is one of the biggest stories thus far, is these secondary guys, these fringe guys who people were kind of mm, on, mm-hmm. are just doing their – this sounds so cliche, but they're just doing their jobs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you look at even Richie, it's like, you know, it's not like he's reinventing the wheel. It's not like he just came like out of this season. They just got like a, a new repertoire of, you know, offensive skills. You're like who, who the hell is this guy? It's, he's keeping it simple. I mean, he's operating down low. He's planting himself in front of the net uh, and on the power play. It's not like he's this virtuoso down there. He's either, you know, collecting rebounds or uh, there's a few sequences that didn't lead to goals, but, you know, he'd get a pass down low and he'd immediately send it off in like a tic-tac-toe kind of set to Bergeron at the bumper, which you have to imagine if they leave Bergeron open, that's probably going to lead to a couple of great A chances for him. So, um, yeah, he's just doing everything that's asked of him. And what do you know, if you're on the power play on the net front, you've got, as you said, Marshan and Bergeron and Krejci up high. Uh, yeah, the, the points are going to follow. And once you add Pasternak to that, that mix and you can have, an, a, you know, two or three guys on him and kind of grab him in the left circle, I mean, Richie's going to have a whole bunch of more space there at the net front. So, like, we, we're talking about, you know, is, is Pasta going to hit 50 goals and, you know, under under 50 games? Might be Nick Richie, man. Might, might be Nick Richie that's going to just go off on it because he's going to have a whole bunch of real estate down there on the power play. You know, it's funny. I said before the year that Jake DeBrus would lead the Bruins in goals. Maybe it was Nick Ritchie all along. Maybe I should have just went for it. I mean, like Nick Ritchie. Um, but it's funny. The Nick Ritchie stuff is interesting because obviously fans going into this season were very against him. We in the media were not particularly pro Nick Ritchie. I would say we were pretty anti, not anti a guy, but like we didn't really expect a lot out of him. And we look back at the trade and go, wow, you could have got more for Danton Heinen. Um, but thus far, I mean, as I said, he's done his job. And there's another point, and I, th- I, th- I thought this was a great point. It was actually in a YouTube, in the Bruins ringside comment section, someone made this point. And I said, damn, that's a pretty damn good point. Uh, someone said, you know, Krejci always does well when he has bigger bodies next to him. Richie, Lucic, Horton, Aginla, always does well with them. And it, and it got me thinking, you know, as much as Krejci's never had a right wing since Jerome Aginla, um, he's also never really had a big body next to him. You know, you know, DeBrusque and Kasha or, you know, uh, I mean, Rick, when he was good with Rick Nash next to him for the short amount of time, that was. So maybe, maybe Richie is the answer on the second line. Do you think that is a chance? And DeBrusque will go down to the third. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you look at the early returns, they've been promising, uh, especially once you, you have Pasternak back. I mean, I think that balances out the lines even more because, uh, you know, we've talked about DeBrusque a lot and how streaky he is, but he's still, you look at the tools he has, he's still the potential of in a full season being a 20, 25, 30 goal scorer. So you had a guy like him with his speed, uh, his willingness to operate down low with a puck possession guy like Coyle and a guy like Smith, who 
uh, as we've seen, I think, in the early going, have been impressed with just, you know, he fires the puck from everywhere and he's willing to go, you know, down to the the blue paint. He gets that goal off of kind of a scramble in front on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, I think the brusque fits in well there. And so far, the returns have been good with with Richie uh, and Krejci together. And uh, you kind of look at, as you said, Krejci's done well with a lot of big bodies down there. And, I mean, we don't have to hop on how good Krejci is as a playmaker, but he's great when he's got just someone charging towards the net. I mean, he's got that saucer pass that usually leads to quality chances. That's how Stanika got his first career goal. He just went hard to the net, passed down, and he collected. Yeah, so I think maybe it's also just reading Krejci and how he likes to set up those passes, and, you know, it's just having bodies to the net. And usually if you've got a bigger guy or a powerful with like Lucic or or Ginla or Richie usually. Who would have thought we'd them. be saying Nick Richie with the name Milan Lucic and Jerome Ginla. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, it, it's looking good right now and uh, hopefully they kind of keep it rolling because you look at this team again, it's crazy how you go just a couple of games and a couple of days and you're, the narrative's flipped, but you have Pasternak now with the way that second line could be playing and especially that third line is playing and just how, how daunting of an assignment that would be for another team in terms of, all right, we, we got to put our, you know, our shutdown line on pos on the Bergeron line, but this Coyle Smith, the lines killing teams too. Like we, I mean, we just, we saw what it was in the, the run to the cup in 2019 when that Coyle line got going, uh, that team was tough to stop even with some of the matchups they had. So um, yeah, I think you have to be encouraged with what you've seen from all the guys so far and the fact that it's probably going to get a lot better in the next couple of days. It's funny you mentioned the the mismatches. Maybe Debrusque is a lot better against you know wor- better matchups for him. I think he would be, and I think yeah. maybe that you know gets his scoring going. Um, and especially if you put him there permanently next to Coyle. One other note I'll make, by the way, um, the Bruins obviously are in a good spot. COVID knock on wood has not hit them yet. Mm-hmm. When that ha- if that happens, mm-hmm. the lineup would obviously get shaken up a ton. So the Bruins are very very fortunate that they are playing well right now and they do not have COVID on their list of things. Um, to worry about. Another funny thing is on the Nick Ritchie thing, I was talking with Spoke Z the other day. He was a big Nick Ritchie guy. Mm-hmm. And he was mentioning, he, he made a good point to me. He said, you know, how fast do Bruins fans just turn on Nick Ritchie? Like, <laughs> what is Nick Ritchie going to do? Like, everyone's high on Nick Ritchie right now. Mm-hmm. Bruins Twitter loves him. Bruins fans outside of that in the Facebook groups I see, they love Nick Ritchie. Nick Ritchie is on a 180. But when does that 180 go back? When do people start going, oh, my God, Nick Ritchie, no. It's got to be, like, a dumb penalty, it's a gonna be a penalty. trip. It's, it's got to be some stupid penalty. It's got to be a penalty. Yeah, which, like, it, it's funny how the progression has went from, you know, he he get, he scores pretty early on in the season, but even then when he wasn't, he just looked a lot more engaged. Like, But if you tweeted, you know, during that Jersey series, like, Nick Ritchie's probably their best forward right now. You would get either people being like, fuck you. Or what? They, or, or it would be like, they'd have to privacy it, be like, I'm not a big Nick Ritchie guy. But yeah, I guess he has, it had to like, you had to qualify it by being like, I'm not saying he's good or nothing, but like, he has looked good, I guess, right now. To now it's, it's all in. It's, you know, he's going for the Rocket Rashad now. Oh yeah, no, he's going to lead the Bruins. He's going to lead the whole league in points. He's going to win MVP. Um, that's pretty much what it's become. But yeah, it'll be a penalty and it'll be after like a game or two of not scoring. He'll miss, yeah. he'll miss an open net on a power play. You know, mm-hmm. that's going to happen and he's going to take a tripping penalty or he's going to drill someone's face into the glass. Um, he's not a particularly like big hitter. I think he just, you know, makes good body contact along mm-hmm. the boards. I wouldn't say he's like this Nicholas Cronwall level of hitter yeah. in the open ice. Um, but I, yes, the, the time will come when the, when everyone just goes right back. Um, but I do think for the long term, 
I think you have something there. I think you do. I think putting him next to Krejci on that second line, try that, you know, again. And by the way, not for a period. Try it for three, four games. Give it a shot. You have the depth. You have the forward depth. Go for it. Um, so we covered Nick Ritchie. We covered Trent Frederick, which I deem the two biggest Bruins surprises of the year. I think most people would do the same. Um, everything's good in Bruins land right now, uh, which is, which is not something we could say a week ago, but I guess that shows you how fast things can change, uh, in, you know, just a week and a year like this. Um, who knows what we'll be talking about in a week. I hope I didn't just jinx myself there. Yeah. Uh, Connor, before I let you go, is there anything you'd like to plug for Boston Sports Journal? Yeah, we're going to have uh, day-to-day coverage uh, throughout this week. Uh, obviously, got a big matchup on Saturday against uh, a former captain of the Bruins, uh, who's now in Washington, D.C. and playing, so Thor- pretty, oh. Oh, and playing pretty well uh, for the Capitals right now as well. Um, so we'll have a breakdown on that. We're going to uh, do a deep dive a little bit on Jake Zaborl and his play, just because it feels like everyone everyone's talking about how good Jake Zaborl is doing right now. But everyone, it's just like it's part of the narrative, right? Like I don't know if there's anyone who's like making note of like the plays, just like oh he looks good. So we're doing a little yeah. bit of a deep dive on that over at uh, BostonSportsJournal.com. So subscribe over there. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore ninety three. Go do all that. And for CLNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins beat listeners. Have a great rest of your week. Yeah.